Hey everybody, it is uh, October 14th. I've done a podcast about a week. And uh, I wanted to talk about a couple things, but the big thing is this whole Tom Brady and Giselle thing. Wow, I want to talk about that. Yeah, I do. Because I think society as a whole gets too wrapped up in like other people's shit. And there's like clearly a war in Ukraine going on. We might be going into World War III with Russia and we're worried about Giselle and Tom. So let's do it. You know, I, I, I listen and I understand both sides. I understand like if you're a woman and you've been in a relationship with somebody and there's been a bill of goods that was promised to you um, at some point, whether that's a new ring or a vacation, or your time, right? I mean, most women can identify with at least that. Like, they got they were there for the child rearing, rearing years. They, they took care of the kids. They were the mom 24-7, 365, while the husband went and did his career. But Giselle and Tom Brady are not normal human beings, and those expectations should not be delivered under the same, like, canvas that you and I live by because you and I still work after we're 45 years old. And most 45 year olds today do still have kids that are pretty young. I think what really just frustrates me with the whole Giselle thing and with women in general is these unhealthy expectations of their partner. And I'm not going to sit here and attack a woman or women in general because most women have a justifiable reason for being frustrated with their significant other. But in this case, I feel like Giselle just had unhealthy expectations of her spouse. To me, there are 32 jobs in the world that Tom Brady does. Only 32. And he's better than 29 of them. There are 29 people on this planet that he's better than out of those 32. And you want him to retire? Couple that with the fact that this man's mental health is centered and geared around something that he's been doing since he was a preteen. So this guy's been doing the same job since he was a child. I mean, he's biologically engineered to do this thing now. And I'll even triple fold on that. Like, at 45 years old, your your mortality starts to, like, rear its ugly head. I woke up this morning and went to the bathroom and looked at my face and I was like, holy shit. I'm almost 40, bro. Like it's not going backwards, it's going forwards. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's where we are. Not, not everybody can be Paul Rudd. Right? Not every man is lucky enough to be Paul Rudd, who I know the guy probably uses a lot of product. I probably know the guy just lathers his face in Crisco grease. I have no idea what the dude does. He probably eats children 
The dude's 53 years old and he looks younger than me. That's the thing. Like, 50-year-olds are now Marvel characters now. Like, I'm 38 and I might be an extra at a diner. Anyways, I digress. So you got Tom Brady telling his wife I want one more year. And it's not like Giselle didn't know this. It's not like Giselle just got blindsided by this bullshit. She knew Tom wanted to play until he was 45 years old. She knew. And if you don't believe me, go all the way back to 2015 at a press conference when Tom Brady said, I want to play until I'm 45. And people smirked at him. They said, no way. There's no way. It's around the same time Brett Favre recently retired. Peyton Manning looked like shit. They said, there's no way you're going to outplay Tom Peyton Manning by a decade. There's just no way. And here we are. Tom Brady's playing until he's 45. So what's going to happen, Giselle? What, what's your What's your goal, right? Like, football season's for another three months. And if he goes to the Super Bowl, four. That's it. He already did training camp, which is a pain in the ass. He's already played through the first quarter of the season. I mean, Tom Brady has got three more months of football, and then he's done. And for all the women out there listening to this podcast going, well, you don't know that fair. You don't. I do. I do. The dude, you can see it on his face at the press conferences. He barely wants to be there. He is there for a number of reasons, one of which is getting away from the bullshit at home. But the dude, you can see it on his face like, maybe I was right retiring in in in, in March. But he, he's committed and to his fans and to his players and to that team. Like, he clearly... Most men, like, you can't fault a man for having a quasi-midlife crisis, even if it's Tom Brady. And Giselle, like, you already put up with the shit this long. What's another four months, right? Like, you're going to die on this hill? You're going to bear that cross? Woman, you got... I, I know marriages have secrets. I know marriages have their ups and their downs. I know there are things we're not seeing. But what are you going to replace Tom Brady with? Yet, you let him have sex with you and you had kids with him. You've got his offspring running on the planet. Like, you're going to be with another guy? You're going to let another guy fuck with your kids? Because you feel like you're being slighted somehow? Women, here's some advice. And, and I got advice for men next. Um... Y'all are at your highest stock value from the age of 18 to about 30. That's your window. And men, your stock is its lowest, typically, from age 18 to 30. Which is odd, right? Because men, we're younger, we look more attractive, but women don't want necessarily, they want a good looking guy, but they want him to be distinguished. They want him to have a wallet they want him to have a house and a car they want to be established they want to be responsible they want him to have lived women subconsciously don't like this but they even like their men who have been with other women 
because it gives them experience. It has given them some fundamentals on how to be with them better than they were with other women, whether it's physically or emotionally. Like, I love my wife to death, but I'll tell you what right now. I had to go through a lot of failed relationships to understand that, like, you marry the person, you know, like, I love my wife, but I also have a great mother in her, and I have a good partner in her, and we we, we compliment one another. Those kinds of things come with failed relationships. You realize, holy shit, this woman I dated, she's got, she's manic. Um, this woman I'm dating, she has incredible self-esteem issues. This woman I have is... The only thing she's good for is going out and drinking and having fun with. But when it comes time to be like a grown-up, she's not that. This woman's only good in the bedroom. This one's only good. You know, there's there's tons of variables involved here. So, at 42, I think is what her age is, she thinks that, you know, she's still gorgeous. She's still She thinks she's going to go out there and find the new... Thomas Joseph Brady. My wife thinks that's weird. I call him by his middle name, but I think it's hilarious. And that somehow he's going to sweep her off her feet, let her have her cake and eat it too. No. Woman, you you not only reared children with this man, you stuck around. And congratulations. You should be proud. Now's not the time to be acting like a little crybaby over four months. It's football. He's 45. Let him have it. And as, in terms of your career... What what are you trying to be? Mark Zuckerberg? You're worth like a billion dollars, the two of you. Shut the fuck up. Like, what's four more months? Throwing a fucking temper tantrum. And the men out there who are in relationships. I get it. You know, I have three young kids at home. I love them. I love spending time with them. But last night, like my little my littlest, she talks a lot of shit. Like, she is the legendary shit-slinger. And I I decide to sling it back. And my wife hates it. Absolutely hates that I sling shit back at my daughter. You do it right before bedtime. Yeah. It's the best time to do it. Because then they have to go to sleep. My kids are tough. My son talked shit, called me a loser in front of like 100 people at a baseball game. what I do? I got up, walked off, sat in the van for an hour and waited until he finished the ball game and then did not go to his last two games to make a point. Now he wants me to go to his football games. And I want to go. But I might not go to the next one just to make a point. She doesn't like that either. Not everything she and I do, I agree on. But there does come a point when you have to compromise with the person. You have to adopt some of their things, and they adopt, and you adopt some of their things. It's compromise. And to the people who are 100% on Tom Brady, listen. I mean, I can imagine Tom Brady's a pain in the ass. Like a real legendary asshole. I mean, he has the face of an asshole. I mean, he is totally the biggest narcissist, right? But Giselle is too. That's the reason why I'm not like totally siding with Giselle on this. Because we all know Giselle's full of herself too. This is a couple that have succeeded in life, are very attractive. 
um, are well kept. They take care of themselves. One's a professional. He's the greatest football quarterback of all time. And she is one of the most gorgeous supermodels and most successful supermodels of all time. Between the two of them, they are full of themselves. Nobody can be Tom and Giselle. Nobody. But guess what? You don't have to be. But you can take a page, right, out of this shit show and recognize your limitations. Not all of us are Superman. I mean, he's got all the powers, right? And not everybody is as is, is cunning and intelligent as Batman. Not everybody. So you're not going to be the wealthiest or the most good looking. But what you can be, and I'm going to go back to Paul Rudd, is you can be Ant-Man. You can be a solid, shitty little character in, on Marvel that everybody forgets about because you're not a part of the Power Five. That they use to build other characters up. Like you can be Ant-Man. Tell you what folks. Like life is a series of, a series of de- decisions. They're just, they're just every day. There's a decision. And if you're lucky. Your decisions become easier and easier as you get older. Until they don't. You know, I went and went to Colorado this last weekend to see my my grandmother, who's 81. And it was emotionally tough for me to go because I had a a really, if you listen to my other podcast, I had a really bad visit with other family members last year. And I just wanted a very one-on-one visit with my grandma, my grandpa. Because I'm, I'm blessed. I'm 38 and they're still around. My grandma was 45 when I was born, which is part of the problem. Like, I look in the mirror at the age of 38 and I'm like, holy shit. I'm almost as old as my grandma when, when I was born. But, anyways, I digress. Um, And she's on dialysis. She's doing it from home. I'm not real knowledgeable on the technical stuff, so don't expect too much there. And I don't want to put her business out there, quite frankly, but, you know, I'm worried about her. I mean, she's 81 on dialysis. I mean, this is only going to go one way. This is just extending her presence, I think, at this point, and not so much the quality of life. She won't take a kidney. She won't have a more invasive surgery to make sure she's more comfortable. Um, and she's losing weight. You know, I, I know times the clock just, it's waiting for her. And, um, for all those people out there, I know my grandpa, he's right there. You know, he's 80, 84, 85. And I know that there's going to come a time when like, um, they're not going to be here and they are in many ways, you know, like parents to me, you know, it's like losing a parent. I've never emotionally felt that emptiness before that sense of aloneness that a lot of people talk about when their parent dies. It's like, all right, I don't have anybody here to catch me when I fall kind of thing. And it can be scary and overwhelming. And, you know, you you think about those things and you just have to realize that, you know, this life is very transient, man. Like, you lose a family member, you gain a new one. 
Be blessed with that. Appreciate that. Like, not only did I marry my wife, I, I married her whole family. And they're great. I'm lucky. It there, there comes a point when you have to say, you know, fuck it. I'm not going to get everything I want in this thing. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to achieve all the things I expected to achieve when I was in my twenties, because when you're 20, you're supposed to be full of piss and vinegar, right? You're supposed to be that way. You're supposed to be rational, full of testosterone and estrogen. You're supposed to want to mount everything like my friend's pug who keeps humping shit. Like you're, you're supposed to be an animal, and then you're not. Then you're rational. And then you're an adult. And then you figure shit out. See, life is really fucked, right? Because you really, you spend the first 20 to 25 years of your life figuring shit out. And and every step of the way, you think you got to figure it out, right? And then you just get trucked. <laughs> and then you keep failing and you keep failing. And it's not fair. You have to keep working at a Starbucks. Why can't I get the job I want? And then one day you get the job you want and you're 30. Right? And then you stick around long enough. You give them your blood, your sweat, your tears, your time. And you're 40. And your kids are now in middle school. And time will not slow down for anyone. Time is fleeting. Age is a number, they say. I would agree. I don't feel very much different than I did when I was 25. Although I feel cringy when I see posts on Facebook of things I said when I was 25. Do not... Go about living this life expecting anything from anyone or anything. You hear me? And have a practical, sobering expectation of what you're capable of. I'll say it again. Do not live throughout this life expecting anything from anyone or anything and have a practical expectation of what you're capable of. What does that mean? It means nobody's coming to save you. This is the real world. Superman is not going to prevent you from getting mugged in a corner on a street in an alley. It's just not going to happen. And don't think you're going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg or the next, you know, big name person. Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. For some of you, there's a healthy expectation of that. And if that's where you're at, congratulations. You're part of a very, very elite club. But for the most part, the lion's share of people don't have that it factor that separates them from those people. 
Because on some level, you got to be a really, really, really cutthroat kind of professional to do and make what they've done. But you also have to be incredibly cunning and intelligent. And timing is perfect. That's the most important thing. And oh, by the way, I had a lot of luck. To be put into those positions at the right time and to be in the room, a fly on the wall, whatever. Like there are things... And for most people, you can still become quite successful with those with, with that understanding. But I think the problem with people in general is that they've watched too much fiction or too much television or listened to too many people and they think that life's supposed to be this you get everything you want kind of situation. It doesn't work that way. So to Giselle, not that you'll ever hear this podcast. And to Tom, like people like that, like live by that creed. And I know you're like, well, I can achieve whatever the hell I want. I'm Tom Brady. I'm Giselle Bougian. Are you serious? I can rely on people. I pay them. No. Your ceiling may be significantly higher than 99% of the rest of the world. But that still applies to even people like them. It's just how it is. People betray you. People get envious. People get upset. People get frustrated. They don't understand. They don't have your perspective. Can't tell you. Like, right now, I have... Just a little tempered, like, family situation going on that I'm not a part of between two family members that I hold dear to my heart. And one of those family members is very immature, very emotional, has regressed a little bit, has shown an inability to empathize at all, and lives in a weird bubble that... Nobody else can relate to. And then I have another family member who I relate more with who can be a little bit of a dick, who can intentionally try to push buttons, who puts priorities in a different order than most typical people, but listens and is rational and I can convince them to do what the right thing is. So between the two of those people... Like, I've got to be very careful because there is a yin and a yang to both these people. And you've got to know when to time it perfectly. And for me, it's just like, if I had this conversation with them today, the one that's irrational wouldn't have anything to do with it. They wouldn't want to listen. And then the other person, right? They... They would listen to it and then not do it. (laughs) You're going to have people, you're going to have family, you're going to have instances like that throughout life. And don't be an absolutist. You know, that's my last piece of advice for today while we wrap this up. You can't make everybody do what you want them to do. 
You just can't. And it took me a long time to realize that, believe it or not. I really wanted people just do what the fuck I tell you to do and everything will work out. I, I really felt like that until recently. And I think it's just age. I don't care anymore. Like, I just don't care anymore. Like, if you want to suck and you want to take longer <clears throat> to get to the finish line, by all means. But if you want a couple shortcuts, if you want things to be easier, then take my advice. And I think that that's going to make me a better parent. I think that's what God's been doing all along for me. is He's been giving me that disappointment feeling that you get when you try to help somebody and then they don't do what you want them to do, right? When I have kids, I hope that that's even heightened even more. My uncle and my aunt, I do love them. But they've got two kids. And they came from a life of privilege. <clears throat> One can argue I probably did too, to some extent, but not to the same gravity as them. But we're not going to split hairs. They both went to college. They both are successful. My uncle and my aunt, they are a little eccentric, to say the least. But they got two kids. And unfortunately, um, in my family... It is a genetic requirement to be different. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. And more importantly, it is a composite of being just insubordinate as shit. I don't know what it is about our family, but they just do not like to pay heed to advice. They just want to do their own thing, which is unfortunate because if like one of those family members actually fucking listened to the other, we would be millionaires by now. Because we have really smart people in our family. But they just insist on doing it the hard way. Because they want to do it the way they want to do it. <clears throat> but at the age of 38, my cousin is chasing tail. Moving in with a girlfriend, right? And it's just like, I can relate to that. Because that was like 15 years ago for me. For my uncle, it was 30. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I can relate to both of you. Because I've got young kids, and I couldn't imagine my son telling me, I'm not going to college, I'm going to get married and live in this shitty little house in the middle of the Midwest. Couldn't imagine it. But then I have to think to myself, like, how was that message properly delivered? Was it delivered properly, or are you just being a control freak? Because you want your kids to do what you want them to do. Just like I want parents, like my parents to do what I tell them to do. They're not going to do it because they know more, right? In their eyes they do. They just do what the fuck they want. And, and that's life. Like the only people that are going to do what you want, if you're lucky, half the time is your spouse. And your kids, half of that. So 25%. Because your kids think they know everything by the time they're 10 anyway. Because that's what nature does. It has you tripped and convinced that you know everything. When in reality, you don't know shit about dick. Like, you're just dumb. We're all just a bunch of crazy, dumb animals on this rock. And we know just enough to not die. And we live in a very peaceful time in society when medications are available, vaccines are available. Yes, I fucking said vaccines. We have 
all kinds of things out there that help keep us alive. We have roads and streets and infrastructure. We have doctors and nurses. Like we got a system in place and there's just an abundance of bad, unhealthy food for you to consume. So there's that too. But the the reality here is this. Nobody's going to listen to what you have to say except you. And if you're not willing to listen to your and pay heed to your own your own advice, then don't expect others to. Be the change you seek, right? Can't say that enough. I hope this podcast was helpful. I mean, I'm just so exhausted with. This unhealthy expectation of people. And that's what this podcast is centered around. Whether it's Giselle and Tom. Whether it's my a marriage. Whether it's my relationships with family members. Whether it's them of me. I have no fucking idea. But you gotta get to a point. Where you just say, fuck it. I'm just going to do my own thing. And, I, and I'm and i really not apologetic for it. It's not that I'm better than you. Or feel like I'm better than you. Because that's been brought up in my family. They think I put myself on a pedestal. And one could argue I might be better than most of them. And it's not because I feel that way. But practically speaking... I learned from my mistakes. Extended pause. Like that. That's a big deal. And some of them I completely. Ignored. But. I learned from more than I didn't. And that's why I'm here. I can sit here and go on forever and just lay waste to some of the experiences that I shared, but it's just not worth it. (laughs) It's just not worth it. It's like, what is he going to say next? Next time on It's Fair, he throws all of his family members under the bus again. No, just kidding. Hey, fun cliff note. Colorado, beautiful state. I was going to move there last year. Before the whole falling out. And I think God or the universe was like, fair. This place ain't for you, bro. You think it is because you remember it as you did as a kid. This beautiful, barren, natural, majestic, loving area that was still untamed And now those areas are sitting atop a mountain in a subdivision. On the next podcast, I'm going to talk about Colorado and my thoughts on that. Kind of a cliffhanger, if you will. Because Colorado is not what it once was. And I'm not going to sit here and, and get on my, you know, the world is falling 
and we're about ready to go into a nuclear war, and hippies are moving to Colorado and ruining it. We're not going to do that, but I'm going to give you my perspective of Colorado on my next podcast. Like always, please like, share, subscribe, and as always, everybody, love everybody.